Welcome everyone to The Great Sources Season 2, Episode 11. Today's shear is titled, Choosing Exile, Babylonian Jewry in the Second Temple Era. And that's because what we're going to talk about is what we can learn from the generations that lived, remained and lived in Bavel instead of returning to Israel during the Tkufa of the Bayashani. What does that tell us about when it's appropriate, or at least okay, to not live in Israel? Now, before, before we get to that, we're going to do as we always do. We're going to review last week's share. Last week we discussed the post-Tamudic era, let's call it, meaning after the Gemara until the modern era, and the fact that during all that time, the people didn't return to Eretz Yisrael as a rule. And we discussed what can that teach us. And as we said, we have to really differentiate between there are two different elements within that question. One is why did the masses not go? And the other question is why did the elite, the tzaddikim and chachom and chassidim, not go individually? So that regarding the first question, why the masses not go, as we discussed, there are two points to be made. One is that maybe they were wrong for not going, as if Yudalevi would have it. And not just that they were wrong, maybe that is the, the worst hate that's Meinea Legula. That's exactly how it's spelled out in Sefer Kozri, as we discussed numerous times. So that's one possibility for understanding the masses not returning to Israel. And then the, or possibly, it wasn't feasible for them to go back without grave danger, and that would have been exactly what the Shavuos is about. Don't try to take back Eretz Yisrael when it's going to um, cause a backlash, uh, either in terms of nefashis or economically, socially, they weren't ready, as we discussed at length. And of course, both of these are not exclusive. They're different kufis, where it certainly was impossible for it to be done in a, in a normal, feasible way and a workable way, and there are other kufis that perhaps they should have done so. Um, that's regarding the masses, the Hamoy not going, and as we discussed last week, okay, so now regarding the other question, once the Hamoy is not going, what about the individuals, the elite? And as we discussed, well, if the Hamoy is not going, that means that Eretzol is desolate, and the mitzvah is not to be in Eretzol, the mitzvah is to live in Eretzol and to have a land that provides you with everything that lands tend to provide. Livelihood, society, education. Um, and then if you don't have the tzibor in Eretz Yisrael, then an individual in Eretz Yisrael is not doing the mitzvah of Yeshiva Yisrael. That's not what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is for it to be the, our country and it, for it to provide us with everything that countries do provide to their people. So once the masses are not going, once there's no tzibor there, again, like we said, we're talking about up to the modern era, let's say up to 100 years ago, we'll call it, or maybe up to maybe 50 years ago, um, <laughs> once there's no infrastructure in a proper economy, etc., there's no mitzvah even for individuals to go. And those great individuals perhaps chose to stay behind in Chutzlaret with the people, with the common people, to teach them Torah and to lead them. So that once the common people aren't going all together, there's no longer a question on, well, what about the tzaddikim and, and the gedolim and the chachamim that presumably didn't sin in not going back to Israel. So that's what we discussed last week. Now, a listener raised the question, what about the modern era? Aren't there Gedolim who, who didn't go back to Israel? Even within the last, let's call it 50 years, when Israel does provide a proper 
society, economy, etc. What to make of that? And I want to just address that for a moment. I am not, in these shiurim, going to show you how every chacham, whoever had an opinion about this Sagi of Yisrael, agrees with me. On the contrary, we showed in the beginning that the, that the opinions about this matter run the gamut from strict opposition to strict embrace of, uh, complete embrace of Yeshiva itself as being the center of, of the Torah, right? So, I'm not going to make Elevel Devlekim Chayim or somehow show that everyone agrees with me. Certainly not. I'm trying to look for what I believe to be correct. That's what my job is to do, to learn the Torah and see what I think about it, how I think about it. Um, we, the reason why I cared about the 1500 years of B'nai Yisrael's Anhaga and their Gedalim is because that tells us something about the Halachim. In other words, if you can conclusively prove to me that well, for 1,500 years, all the Gedolim chose not to go. The Rambam, the Rashba, the Rush, the Rav Haigoyen, Rav Kiva Eger, etc., etc. Um, and if they had a, every reason, same reasons that we have to go, let's say. If they had the same reasons we, could, to, we should go or, or could think about going, and they didn't, that teaches us something. But not, that would obviously teach us something in terms of halacha, and it would be halacha. But the fact that they were... That they were gedolim in modern era who or are gedolim who don't go just proves that their opinion is not true, and I, I I'm sure that that's the case. There's definitely opinions about that. I'm not here to maybe of every opinion of every god. So I hope that's clear. I was only here, I've only cared to be miyashiv that if it was a uh, 1500 year years of opinions of deyes of anhaga of not going to so that would be something relevant to determining what the halacha is. The individuals who today don't go have their opinions and I imagine and we have to work out what you could, you could I and Shum see what they are we're working out what I think is, is the correct opinion based on the sugis. Okay, but so what are we talking about today? So we're going to talk about something very important. Generations, generations, full complete generations that did not go back to Eretz Yisrael, even when Eretz Yisrael was, even when there was a thriving community there, even when there was a Beis HaMikdash there. And that we're talking about now the Vais Sheni. Vais Sheni, as we all know, there was the Vais Rish and Shonamel built, and then it was destroyed, and they went to Bala for 70 years of exile, of Golos. Vais Sheni was rebuilt, and Ezra, Ezra Babel, they, they made an Aliyah, they made the border return to Eretz Yisrael. But not everyone came with them. Many people stayed behind in Bavel. And lest you think that the people stayed who stayed behind in Bavel were the were the the, the uh, simple folk. It's it's actually not the case at all. It's, in fact, it's the opposite in a sense, as we shall see. So I'm going to bring you some of the sources about who stayed behind in Babel, what happened during that period of the Vaishani, for those who stayed, stayed behind in Babel, and what, what life was like for them, and what we're going to get to then is to figure out, oh, why did they stay behind in Babel? Given that there was a thriving community in itself, but that is a mikdash. What justified then for com great communities to stay behind in Babel instead of joining the, the redemption God, right? which was redemption to some extent in Eretz Yisrael and to the building of the Bisham Mekdash. And what that can teach us, if anything, for today.
Okay, that's, that's, that's our work for now. So let me give you the background, um, the sources. So we have the, if you have the source sheet in front of you, the first thing is the Mejtan Chuma says, this is really what I'm getting to, but the Mejtan Chuma adds to it, that before the, there were two waves of exile of Golos from, uh, as you saw, the end of Bayesrishin. There was the Golos of Yechonio, when Yechonio was the king, he went to Golos, and along with him went the Chorosh and the Masker, the Pasuk says. Malachim, the Chorosh and the Masker means the elite Chachomim. And they were sent to Golos, meaning they were exiled by Nebuchadnezzar, 11 years, I think it's 11 years, before the, the, the final Golos of, that went along to Golos, that went out to Golos with Tzidki Yahu HaMalach. So first it was Yechani HaMalach, he was exiled along with the elite, the Chorosh and the Masker. And then 11 years later with Tzidki with the with the Hoipala, uh, with the, with the Hamoinam, with the simple folk. So what the Medrash says is that the Chorosh HaMaskar, the elite, the Chacham, that went with Yechonia early, they established Torah in Babel, and, says the Tanchuma, written, written hundreds and hundreds of years later, says the Tanchuma, they were in, they stayed in Babel with their Torah, Min Oysa Shah Ad Hayyim, from that day until from that time until today. Tanchuma there, as we shall see later, is talking about the two yeshivas in Babel. The two yeshivas are Surah and Harda, the two great yeshivas in Babel for hundreds of years. And it's saying, look, you know when this started, this thing of having time in Babel? It started way back in the pre prior even to the Chornobayas region, because Yechonia, who was exiled along with the Harsh Namaskar, with the elite Chachme Yisrael, established Torah in Babel, where they remained, the Torah remained in Babel until this very day, unbroken. Unbroken chain. So we learn from that, that um, the Chachalim stayed behind in Babel. Rashi in Sukkah says, as I mentioned, that the Chorosh and the Matzker went with Yechonia, and that wisdom stayed with them till the Gemara over there is Rebbechanan speaking. So the Torah was not forgotten in Babel from the end of Bayes Rishon. That means they were Chachamim. We're talking about doing Tukufus HaMishnah. In other words, to understand about this, when we learn, when we learn Mishnayis and we have Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Kiva and Bisham and Basil, these are all Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael. But at the same time that there was this great Chacham of the Mishnah was being put together in Eretz Yisrael, at that same time, and throughout those hundreds of 420 years of Bayes Shani, throughout the 420 years of Bayes Shani, they were at the same time always Chachamim and Torah in Bavel. Interestingly, they're anonymous. We never heard of them. In other words, who were the Chachamim in Bavel? When Rabbi Huda, when Rabbi Kiva, when Hillel was active in Eretz Yisrael, who was the people in Bavel? And how could we never heard of them? It's a question. But the fact is, there were Chachamim there, on a par or perhaps surpassing, as we shall see. Um, as we shall see. So the Chachamim Eretz Yisrael, and they were there consecutively from the Golas prior to the Chum Bayesh throughout the Bayesh and afterwards. Okay, so these are Torah, Chachmei, Bavel, who didn't return and go with Bayesh The Ramban in the Mechamis Exubis says also the Iker Torah was in Naharda, and the, the Iker Torah from the days of Golos was there in Naharda. The Sefer HaIkrim says a really interesting thing. This is also there. You can follow along in the sources up to number four. The Sefer HaIkrim says that when Ezra came back with, from, from Bavel, only some few people returned with him. And he says the following. Whatever his agenda is over there, he's talking about uh, proving that the Torah wasn't, wasn't, um, could not have been falsified. 
So he says like this. He says, the Gedolim Shav Yisrael and the Chachamim and the Miuchasim. Kulam Nishru Babavel. Kulam Nishru Babavel. All the Gedolim and all the Chachamim and all the Miuchasim stayed in Babel. Amazing thing. And he says, since in Babel, so he's coming to prove Ezra couldn't have changed anything. I think that's the agenda that some people say Ezra changed. It can't be. Why? Because all the Gedolim and Yodi Atar were where? When the, when the, when the Bayashin was being built in it. So you don't know where were all the Gedolim and the Chacham? In Babel. And can say for Eric, all the Chacham and Gedolim Atar were in Babel. Wow. So they didn't come back. They didn't come back. 70 years of, of, of Babel. Right? Yirmiya said it's going to be 70 years ago. And the Gedolim and the Chachamim said, we're staying behind. Now, parenthetically, one more source for this is the, the Kuzri. We spoke about this Kuzri numerous times. Uh, the Kuzri Mayan base in Chavdal, it says everyone should have come back. And it had everyone, in fact, had everyone all come back, the Shechina would have returned, says Rebuda Levi. Instead, only some of them came back. Rubam v'hanichbodim, most of them, and the nechbodim, the the let's go powerful ones or the upper strata of society. Noisru b'bavel, stayed behind the bavel. So I think it's significant that while the Sefer Ekrem calls the ones who stayed behind, he says they were the chachamim and the gedolim. Buddha Levi calls them the aristocracy, the Nechbadim, but not the Chachamim, not the Gedolim. That's because Buddha Levi holds, as he says in that, in that very paragraph, he says, had they all returned, the Shechina would have come back. So they may have been great um, Lamdanim, but if they, if, if actually the Shechina would have returned, had they come back, then they made uh, the single greatest, perhaps, one of the single greatest Torah errors in history, by not coming back, or by thinking that they don't have to come back, because had they come back, they shouldn't have returned. So therefore, Buddha Levi doesn't call them Chachamim. Now, to be clear, and this is what we're going to be exploring, to be clear, they obviously hold, the Chachamim, the Gedolim that stayed behind, obviously held, that even if they come back, the Shechidim won't return. Otherwise, they would have come back. We'll see exactly why they stayed behind. Behuda Levi is saying that the Shechina would have come back had they had they returned, and therefore, like I said, he doesn't call them Chacham. Now, this point that well, had Babylonian Jewry returned to Israel, had all the Yidden come back with us instead of only a fraction, had they all come back, would the Shechina have come to Vayashini or not? So this is actually a machlekes in Yumodavtes. Shlakish is swimming in the yard and says the Gemara, and along came Rabbi Bachan. Rabbi Bachan was from, from Babel and he came to Hatsisrael. And Rabbi Bachan gave a hand to Rishlakish. Rishlakish wouldn't take his hand. He said, By God, I hate you, Babylonians. Why do I hate you, Babylonians? That he wouldn't even give them his hand. Because, and he dashes a Pasuk in Shashirim, had you all come back when, when, when Ezra. Bimei Ezra, when Ezra came and turned to Saul, had you all come with him, the Shechina would have dwelled in the Bayashemi. And because he says, as, as it says in, in Zechariah, why didn't it happen? Why didn't it happen? Says Rosh Lakish, ah, because the Babylonians didn't overturn. So I don't want to take your hand even. 
he hated that. Not interested in, 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 in associating with the Bavli. And then he came to Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says, you know, actually, even if everyone would have returned, all the Babylonians, all the, all the Yadas Bavli, even if they would have all come back and, and uh, made the ascent, made the return to Israel, still, says Rabbi Yechanan, the Shekhinah wouldn't dwell in the Bayashini. And that's because the Bayashini was built under the auspices of Kirsh, king of Paras. And the Pasuk says, Hashem only dwells in a house built by someone descended from Shame. Like Shleim HaMalach. Yefes is descended from, I'm sorry, Kirish persons are descended from Yefes. So Hashem won't dwell in a house built by a Persian. So basically, so what's the Bechon saying? He says, you who um, hated the Bavliam, you won't even give your hand to Rabbi Bachana because... It's all the Bavli's fault, is that the Bayashini didn't live up to its expectations of Hashra's Ashkina. It's all the Bavliim's fault. If they would have come back, then the Shina would have been Shaira, and therefore you hate the Bavliim. Says the not, not not true. Actually, actually, it wouldn't have helped had all the Bavliim come back. They would have uh, the Shina still wouldn't have dwelt. Okay? Now here's the thing. So, just to back to the Kuzri for a moment. The Kuzri, and this is there, we mentioned this numerous times, this is my base of Dalit, and it's there, in, in, it's we're up to seven now in the source sheet. So the Kuzri says that it's this hate, this hate of us not embracing and returning to Israel, which is what was my name, which is what stopped the Shekhinah from dwelling in the Vayashemi. And right, the king accused him, how come you people aren't making Israel your home? And he said, you're right, you got me. This is the hate. So that's why I said earlier, I said that's why the Kuzri doesn't call those who stayed behind Kachanim, because they did the single greatest, one of the single greatest errors in, in Jewish history, Jewish religious history, of not going back to Eretz Yisrael. Now, the, the Kuzri is clearly basically saying like Rishlakish, right? He says, this chait was Menea, the, the Shekhinah returns. That's like Rishlakish. Well, why is he going like Rishlakish, not like Rabbi Yechanan, not like Rabbi Yechanan? And um, what exactly is the Machalik Tzibayach Hamashlakish about? The Chayyim doesn't hold it because this is something we're going to never get to another time. But for now, I just want to point out something that um, once we're on the topic here, so we're talking about the Chachmei Bavel or the, the Jews in Bavel, which again, Rishlakish says, "I'm so angry at them, I won't even take a hand proffered to me by someone from Bavel because it, the Bavliim is their fault that the Shun didn't return." And uh, Rabbi Yechanan says, actually, it's not so bad. The Shekhinah wouldn't have, the Shekhinah wouldn't have returned anyways. But I want to make it clear, Rabbi Yechanan also did not have an affinity for the Babliim. That's the Medrash in Shir Shirim says Rabbi Yechanan, when he would see a Babliim, that's all he wouldn't even come to them. He would, he would uh, bother them and, and annoy them, or because he says the Navi is come to them. It brings a pasuk. The pasuk says that uh, God is the Mayas, the Babliim, or those that didn't return. So Rabbi Yechanan just saying, Rabbi Yechanan says only that even if they would have returned, even if they would have returned to, um, to Eretz Yisrael, even if they would have returned, even if they would have returned to Eretz Yisrael, still the Shekhinah wouldn't have, wouldn't have come back. But not that Rabbi Yechanan holds that the Babylon are okay. Rabbi Yechanan also has problems with the Babylon that they should have returned. He believes that all the Babylon should have returned to Eretz Yisrael and being Gai He just says, they should have all returned because 
it was a pekidah because the bias was being built because of living there itself, whatever reason. But what he disputes is that that had they returned, the shechina would would have would have come back. That's what he doesn't. That's what the Rebbeir Kanan disputes. Rishlak um, should have. Now this, by the way, is something that it says in the Moshe, but it's an error. In Yom Moshe, he's talking about the following question. The Pnei Shua in Ksubis talks about why the Bavlin didn't return. Why, which is what we're going to talk about tonight. He talks about it from today. The Pnei Shua actually talks about it from a little bit of a different angle. Pnei Shua says, why didn't they, all the, the, all the people in Bava, why didn't they return? So the Pnei Shua gives a limut schos, ayin shon, it's the end of Ksubis. We don't have to talk about it now, it's not a gay tarot discussion. And the Pnei Shua says, even though Rishlakesh in Yuma hates the Bavlin for not returning, Says the Pnei Yeshua, okay, it's a goddess Chalukas. It's okay, I, I could suggest, says the Pnei Yeshua, that not, not everyone agrees to, to um, Rishlakish in this regard. Okay, that's the Pnei Yeshua. So, Satan Barov says, I don't understand, you know, why did he quote Rabbi Yechanan? Rabbi Yechanan argues right there, Chiddush. Why doesn't the Pnei Yeshua bring that? Rabbi Yechanan argues in Rishlakish right there, but the answer is, it's, not, it's wrong. Rabbi Yechanan just argues on one nekuda. At one point, he says the Shrina wouldn't have come back even if the Jews would have overturned from Babel. But the hatred to the Babelim is something that Rabbi Yechanan shears with Rish Lakish, as we see in the Medrash and Shiashirim, where it says. Sorry. That Rabbi Yechanan just says that even if the Jews would have returned, still the Shrina wouldn't come back. But even Rabbi Yechanan holds that everyone should have come back from Babel. So there's no debate about that between Rabbi Yechanan and Rishlakish. Okay. Now, oh, I just want to give you two more sources about this, about this idea that the Babylonians, the people in Babel, were faulted for not coming back to Baisheni. There's the Mishnah in Yuma that says that when the Kohen Gadol would take out the Sarah Mishtaleach, they made a ramp for him to protect him from the Babylonians. Who would pull his hair? Now, um, and additionally, there's another place where, the, where there's a mission that says Bavliim were bad people. There's a mission in Menachas that talks about the Bavliim would eat the Asair when it's raw. It's interesting actually that they're both about this two Seirim of him Kippur. But, anyways, so in both places, the Gemara says that actually these people who did this, who did these nasty stuff, these, these barbaric kind of things, uncivilized kind of things, were not Bavliim. But they, people, they called them Bavliim because because they hated the Bavliim. You touch the Sayyidim as a Bavliim, they called them Bavliim. Why they hate Bavliim? What is this business? The Mishnah, you know, the Mishnah uses this ethnic term, Bavliim, in a pejorative way, about people who actually weren't Bavliim because there's this Bavli hatred. Why do they hate Bavliim? What business is that? What, what, what's that all about? It says Taisus in Menachasdaf Kov that they hated the Bavliim because... Because the Bavli didn't come back in the Ezra. So there was this Bavli hatred. There was this Bavli hatred because the, the Bavli were at fault or did something wrong by not coming back to Israel in the Tkufa by Hashem. Okay? So that's really, really important. Um, that you have all these Bavli in this, this idea in Gemara, numerous places explicitly in the Gemara, that the Bavli and the Midrashim, that the Bavli were wrong for not coming back. Everyone should have come back. Okay. But what we want to talk about now is I'm focus on the other side of the coin. That, and this is really not so known, that is actually a shito. There was a, 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 a complete shito. 
that people should stay behind at Bavel. And how do I know that? I'm going to prove it to you in, in two ways. First of all, as we started with, there were all these Chachamim and Gedolim in Bavel. So, just because the Gemara articulates a shita of against them, like they should have come back, doesn't mean there's no alternative opinion. Basically, another way to say that is, if you have generations, so you have these generations of people in Bavel, led by their Chacham and not going to Eretz Yisrael. So that's a shita, a Torah de Geshita, that they actually didn't have to go. And just to point to Gemaras that say, well, look, Roshlakish hates them, or Yibrechanon hates them, that in itself doesn't, doesn't dismiss, doesn't make the problem irrelevant. Meaning, the fact is that there were people, there were generations of Jews in Baba led by Gedolim and Chachabim, who chose not to go to Israel. What do we make of that? What explains that? Is that a Torah to And who's the Halacha like? Is the Halacha like those people who stayed behind a Bavel? And whatever that shita represents in it as in a Torahic way, or is the halacha like Birchan and And now I want to bring it even further. We can actually point to a very specific chacham and say that he argues on Birchan Mishlakish, and that's Rav. Because what happens like this Mishlakish would not, this is Mishlakish, we're talking about 500 years after the Ali of, of Ezra. And he wouldn't, more actually, about 600 years. And he wouldn't give his hand to a Bavli, right? Rabbi Bachana comes, he gives him his hand, so looks like, I'm not taking your hand, because I'm against the Bavliim, they should have come back. Rabbi Yechonon, when he sees Bavliim in Eretz Yisrael, he was to them. He would say ne- negative things to them, because he says, look, my God hates them, so I'm going to hate them too, or hates on them. That's again, that's Torah, that's not Stam racism, that's coming from Torah. Okay, so it's a Shita about the Bavliim, and we should be negative to the Bavliim. But then we have Rav, who went from Eretzol to Bavel, engaged with the Bavli, and was beyond the yeshiva of Surah in Bavel. So, I want to ask you a question. Rishlakish wouldn't give a hand to a Bavli. And if you that we see Bavli in Eretzol, when he saw Bavli in Eretzol, he would, he would say nasty things to them. Does Rav hold like that? Of course not. Rav went to Bavel and, and established the yeshiva for them in Bavel. So that's a machloikis, a terdik a machloikis. So to point to, to Yuma Daftar, say, look, Rishlakish doesn't like the Bavli. To point to Medjish Yashim, say, look, Rabbi doesn't like the Bavliim. So these Bavliim are such bad people. I say, yeah. But Rav does like the Bavliim. So it's not just these anonymous Chachomim and Gedolim through 500 years who stayed in Bavli and didn't come back with Ezra that we have to explain. But it's actually Rav who, who in the Tkuf of Rabbi did the opposite of Rabbi and embraced the Bavliim. Apparently, he is pro Bavli. And that's something we have to understand. What's that about? By the way, this is something that the Moshe mentions correctly. He says, um, this is number 15 in the source. In the source, she says there was a chain of Torah and Kedusha and Bavel throughout the whole Zman HaBayis. And that's true. And that's very significant. And what does that tell us? By the way, the two sources there, I just bring in, in the source, 13 and 14, I show that uh, Rav came down to Bavel, and that was a turning point in, in the community in Bavel as the Gemara says in Gittin, from the time Rav came to Bavel, Bavel became like a status of Eretz Yisrael, because Rav made a yeshiva there. So Rav was very engaged with the community of Bavel when his colleagues, Yubechel and Shlakesh, were anti the community of Bavel. So if they were anti-Bavel because they should have come back in the days of Ezra, then Rav, who is pro-Bavel, engaged with Bavel, that suggests that Rav holds that maybe they, don't have to, they didn't have to come back in the days of Ezra.
like all those Chachamim who stayed behind. And that's something we have to understand. So meaning like this, again, let's, go, let's clarify exactly what the question is. You had, imagine you had a bit, a bit of, it's a shocking thing if you think about it. Bitsa is being built after 70 years in Gauls Bavel. Yembir predicted after 70 years I'm going to remember you. And everyone's going back to Israel and building the base of Mikdash. Well, not everyone, actually. No, not everyone. The Chachamim and the Gedolim and the elite stay behind. Shocking. They didn't go and build or involve themselves in the base of Mikdash. And then the base of Mikdash was built, and 50 years later, they still stayed behind. And they thrived in Babel with Torah and Chachmah instead of joining their brethren in Eretz Yisrael and, and having participating in the Geula. What to make of this? What do we make of this? And um, why didn't they go? And, and according to Ramban, it's certainly a parallel. Ramban is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of the mitzvah. It's a mitzvah of the tithe. It's a So what are, you, what, are, what are they doing not going to Israel? Shocking. It's shocking. It needs to be explained. If, you're going, if, if one is going to have an opinion based on other sources, which one should have, as we've been discussing, that living in Israel is very important, then how do you explain why do these people... Imagine, imagine if today someone built a base of Mikdash and there would be... and, 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 and you'd have th- thriving Torah and Israel. You have thriving Torah. But let's say someone built a base of Mikdash. Oh, we're not going. What are you doing? What was that about? How do you explain that shita? Okay, so that's what we're trying to... That's what we have to talk about now. But the truth is like this. The truth is... The truth is... We don't have to look for... We don't have to look for Torahs. We don't have to speculate. The Medjish and Chuma gives us the whole theory of why... And this is there in the source sheet number 16 by Arichas. The Medjishtan Chuma talks about Tereshvapeh. And how Tereshvapeh requires a great commitment uh, up to even Messias Nefesh. And the bris between Hashem and Israel depends on Tereshvapeh. The only one who can learn Tereshvapeh is someone who loves Hashem. It's really interesting. It says, The first parish of Shema is for someone who learns Tereshvapeh. Second parish of Shema, it doesn't seem like it is for someone older than Really interesting things there. Then it goes like this. But anyways, talking about Tereshvah Peh, how important it is. And he says, that's why Hashem made two yeshivas in Bava. So that they should learn Torah the day and night and get together for Shurim in the Shurikala in Adar and Elul. Okay? And those two yeshivas, says the Medjish, we recorded this before, that um, that those two yeshivas were there from the days of Yichanya, were there from the days of Yichanya. And then the Bayes region, there was Terambal. And then the Medjish says like this. Those two yeshivas never experienced not Shvi, and not Shmad, and not Shalol, Yovan, and Edaim, or in Shalit in them. And Hashem brought them out 12 years before the Chobin Yishlaim, with the Torah and the Talmud, as the Paschus Chorosh and Amaskir. And it was a kindness that Hashem did to take out the elite before the Gullah, so they can establish the Torah in Babel, so that the Torah Shabbat should not be forgotten. They were there from Babel from then till today, Edom and Yavon were not shalot on them. They didn't decree Shmad on them. And Limosah Mashiach were also not going to see Chavli Mashiach. And from there, from Babel, they're going to go up to Israel. And then it quotes a Pasuk, Hoytzion Himalti Yeshevus Bas Babel. If you stay in Babel, you avoid Edom and Yavon and their decrees. And you're going to be, live in peace. So, wow. Let me tell you what it's saying. Okay, it's amazing. Edom Yavon exists. That's what happened in Eretz Israel during the Tkuf of Bayashin. During the Tukuf of Ayashin, there was Yavan, as we all know, and there was the Shemad and the Shal, and there were wars and the Hashemunam, etc., etc. And of course, there was Edom at the end of Ayashin. And the Medjish is saying, wait a second, look what happened to Babel. In Babel, they were secure. They lived Sholev and Shaket and Boiteach, able to learn Torah Yom Velayla, from the days of Yeronia, until through Ayashin and afterwards. 
There was not Yavan, there was no Edom, there was no Shema, there was no Shalal, there was no Shavi. So what the Medrash is doing, it's saying like this, it's saying, in order for the Torah to be preserved in Shlemos, undisrupted, undisturbed by all the Tsaris that were happening in Edsol during Bayashani, there had to be an elite that stayed behind the bubble. This Medrash Tanchum and Noyach Simen Gimel is the Hezbar for Babylonian Jewry in the days of, of, of Bayashani. Ayin Sham. Again, imagine you're returning to Edsol. Imagine the 70 years of Babylon are up and Ezra's going back and he's taking back some people with him, right? We say, wait a second. Where are they going back to? They're going back to Eretz Yisrael. Right? People are going back to, they're going back with Ezra to Eretz Yisrael. But look, during the Tkuf of Bayesheni, there was no perfect Geula. They were still under Shibod Malchias, as we discussed um, maybe two weeks ago, I think, from the Arab Chastek Reskas, that even during Bayesheni, there was no complete Geula. So they're going to suffer Shman, Shalol, Shvi, Edom, Yavon, if we want to preserve the Torah completely, then that elite Torah people who left Eretz Yisrael early, 12 years before the Chorban, to preserve the Torah, should also not go back now, because the same way Hashem sent them out before the Chorban so that they should preserve the Torah, even though the Mesemitish wasn't destroyed yet, but there were a lot of Tzaras in Eretz Yisrael towards the end of Bayez Rishon. So he said, you have to get out of the way, go start establishing Torah in Bavel. Similarly, just because they go back to Eretz Yisrael, if they're not going back to Gugul Shlema. They're not going back to being free from Shibud Malchias. In order for the Torah to be preserved, we needed the elite Torah people to stay behind in Bava. An amazing thing. Now, very important to note, very important to note that, that, that this is not true according to Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish says, if you guys would return to Eretz Yisrael, then the Shechina would have returned, then it would have been a Geul HaShlema. And the fact that there were Tzaras of Eretz Yisrael, and there were still Shibud Malchias, and that it was Edoim and Yovon and, and, and Shemad and Shri and Shol, it was Gufa because you didn't return, so it's not an excuse. But if you hold like Rabbi Yechanan, that even had they returned, the Shechina wouldn't have come back. So we're not talking about a Gula Shlema. Bayashani could not have been the perfect Gula with the Shechina returns. And that's because the bias was being built by a Persian descent from Yathas. If that's the case, then you're going back to Eretz Yisrael and Bayashani to a to a, a land that's going to have, be, there's going to be a lot of volatility and there's going to be a lot of friction between the powers that be. Edom and Yavon. And that's not a recipe for preserving the Torah in its most perfect way. So therefore they stay behind the bubble. And I want to tell you something, there's actually echoes of this a couple of places in, in Shas. One of them is in Sukkodaf, meaning in the Bible, in Sukkodaf Chof, Sukkodaf Chof, the Gemara says, that betchila kishen shtakha term Yisrael, Allah Ezra mi Babel v'yasta. Chazav nishtakha, Allah Hillel habavli v'yasta. Chazav nishtakha, Allah Rukhiya ubana v'yastua. So the Gemara is saying that whenever the Torah would be forgotten, was at risk of being forgotten, a Babli would come to the rescue. First it was Ezra, then it was Hillel, and then it was Rukhiya ubana. Now you have to read the Gemara like they're saying, what's the most point? What's the most point? Why is Gemara saying a Bavli would always come and, and, and remind them of the Torah? The answer is because that's a, a reference to this idea. That the Torah and Yisrael, during Bayashani, had Tkufis of crisis, where it could have been forgotten. And that's because Yisrael and Bayashani was a dangerous place. It wasn't a very safe place for Jews. That's it. Simple as that. It wasn't a very safe place for Jews. Why? Because... The powers that be might sometimes have to repress the Jews in Eretzor from becoming too uppity and becoming too independent. And that's Shvi and Shol and Shmad. And if that sounds to you like the Shavuos, 
The idea of the Shavuos, it's, it's because it is. While the Jews who stay behind in Bavel are safe and sound, and they're the ones who can preserve the Torah, the So that's what Gemara is referencing in Sukkot. Whenever the Torah was at risk of being forgotten, you needed someone from Bavel, where they preserved the Torah in its pristine, perfect way because they had such peace and, and quiet. They were able to have the, the, the yeshivas thriving in Bavel. Um, and that's why they stayed behind, in order to preserve the Torah in its perfection. So what does that mean? So what happened to the mitzvah? Wait a second. Very nice. You want to keep the Torah. You want to preserve the Torah. Hashem at the mitzvah. The mitzvah is the mitzvah of the mitzvah. The mitzvah of the mitzvah. The mitzvah of the Torah. The as we've discussed at length, the idea of the Shavuos teaches us that very nice is a mitzvah. Very nice is, of course, is a mitzvah. But, but, the idea of the Shavuos is that you have to consider security of the nation. You have to secure, consider economic conditions you have to consider social conditions, and you have to consider spiritual conditions. And we, the Ummah, the nation, has a job to preserve the Torah. And if Israel is not going to be the optimal place for preserving the Torah, then stay behind in Babel, which means, what do you mean, of course, after 70 years of Gulf's Babel, there was a Pekidah. As, as Yemir said, there was a Pekidah. But it doesn't mean everyone should go. Some people should go and build a Bayashemi. But everyone should go. No way. Chachem and Bavel say, no way everyone should go. If everyone goes, Torah Matahela, who's going to preserve the Torah? You're going to Israel, you're going into a tinderbox. It's a dangerous place to be. It's a place where the, where the, guy, where the Yavon and, and Edom, etc. are going to be rule over you. And going to make Torahs for you. So it's not going to be the ideal place for Torah learning. So basically, like it would have been the Chiksakets, if they would have all gone back, because they're saying, oh, we could go look at live at No, you can't. Think about it. You have a tire job to do, and that requires peace and quiet. Again, according to Rish Lakish, there would have been a Gula Shlame if they would have all come back. So Rish Lakish says, you guys should all come back, of course. But if you hold like Rabbi Yaikonon, that there wouldn't have been a Gula Shlame, then the Chachim will say, wait a second, we don't believe there's going to be a Gula Shlame if we all come back. So we're talking about, should we come back to a quasi-Gula, which is going to be dangerous? No. In Cain, say the Chachim Babel, and Rav agrees with them. You should stay behind in 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 um, in, in Bavel. So we need these three sheetas here, three sheetas basically. Which Lakish says, Hashem wants you to come back, and the Shkina is going to return to Mil Gul No excuses. Okay. Then there's the other extreme, the Chachmei Bavel and, and Rav holds like them would say, that the Shkina is not returning anyways. It's still a dangerous place to live during Bayashani, which is talk of what happened. Again, only because they didn't come back. With the but according to them, they hold no. It's still going to be a dangerous place. There's no Gul Shlema around the corner. Therefore, we have to stay in a safe place to preserve the Torah. Rabbi Yechonon is in between, right? Because Rabbi Yechonon says the Shechina is not returning anyways. But Avah Pekin, he holds that the, that the Bible, that the Bible should have returned. Now, what the Machlaik is about, is about, whether the Shechina would have returned, and as we said before, like the Kuzri says basically in, in, in the 11th century, that the Shechina is waiting for us, so he's going like Rishlakish. Um, you know, what the Machlaik is about, and what that says about today, that's something we're going to get to be better. What the Machlechus Rav and Rabbi Yechanan is about, again, Rabbi Yechanan says the Shechina is not returning, but Avot Pekin you should come. Rav says the Shechina is not returning, therefore this whole Shechina Torah of the Tanchuma that we have to preserve the Torah. What that Machlechus is about is Inka not for now, but it's not relevant to us either really, I don't believe. But what's interesting is though that Rabbi Yechanan himself may have been Chayzer. May have been Chayzer. And that's because that's the Rashi in Sukkadaf Dalid. We are Rabbi Yechonon said, Delchoin Amri Delchoin He, which Rashi says means, I used to think, says Rabbi Yechonon, he was telling his Talmudim in Israel, I used to think the Torah is yours. You guys in Israel, I, I used to think you have the Torah, because you're not in Golis. 
But now I realize, because he met Rav Kahana, from, from Babel, he says, now I realize that actually the Babliim have preserved the Torah. So which tells us something very interesting, right? Because why did they stay behind the Babel, says Tanchuma? Kedai that they should preserve the Torah. And they should be able to come to the rescue when the Torah may be forgotten. Rabbi Yechanan originally held that the real Torah is in Eretz Yisrael. Oh, and Rabbi Yechanan Taka in the Medrash Yashirim used to be Mekan to the Babliim. Shtims, because he held Torah is in Eretz Yisrael. But the Mahis, we know Rabbi Yechanan was Chayzer. And he realized that actually the, the Iker Torah was in Babel. So it could be then Rabbi Yechanan says, oh, the Iker Torah is in Babel. You know what? I'm coming around. I'm no longer Mekan to the Babliim. I understand why they, why they stayed behind. Because actually they preserved the Torah. Okay, that's parenthetical. It's not so important for us. What's important for us, again, is like this, so just to put it all together. This is really important for us. Really, really important. Just to summarize what we discussed today. There was a period where Eitzel was thriving in a way, there was a Besam Mikdash, and yet there were generations of Gedolim, the Toivim, the Chachamim, that didn't join Libin Eitzel. Why? Now we know why. Because Eitzel may have been thriving in the Besam Mikdash, but it was a dangerous place to be. The proof that it was a dangerous place to be is, is that history actually bore that out. We see that the Yavonim and the Edoimim, there was Gzairus and Shemad and Shemad and Shemad in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, the, the wise men of Bavel, the elite who went with Yechandia, said, you know what, we're staying here because we have a job to do, which is to preserve the Torah. And the best conditions for preserving the Torah are in Galus. And when the best conditions for preserving the Torah are in Galus, then do not go to Eretz Yisrael. Do your job of preserving the Torah in Galus. Some people should go, but the elite or the Torah people, whatever, the people who are going to do that job should not go. Now, what can we learn from this today? Okay, that's a, that's a good question. What can we learn from this? So, now, here's the answer, very simple. If somebody believes that we have something very important to do here in Chutz Laaretz, that we can't do in Exodus we mean to say something as a nation that we're supposed to be working at, let's say, preserving the Torah in a certain way or learning Torah in a certain way. If there's something that we could only do in Chutz Laaretz that we can't do in Exodus in this current of today, then certainly we should make sure to stay behind in, 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 in America or wherever we are if there's something for us to be doing. I personally don't think there is something. I can't think of something that we need to be here for in the current state that we have to dafka be in Chutzlats and we can't be doing in Eretz Yisrael. Certainly in terms of Torah, I don't believe that there's Torah that we can do in Chutzlats that we can't do in Eretz Yisrael. So I don't think there's something like that. If there's something, if someone thinks that there is something that requires us to be dafka in this out of Eretz Yisrael, please, please let me know. Please tell me that. But that's my opinion. So, so again, so what we're saying is like this. We learned from Babel something very important, that there's an idea that you have to think about broadly about um, Klaeson and what, what, they, what they're doing, what they're accomplishing, and you have to think about what conditions are going to allow for, for those accomplishments. And if Eretzol is in a state where it won't supply the conditions necessary for, for those even spiritual accomplishments, then that's also like a Dechikas Akeitz kind of idea, and we should not indeed transplant um, everyone to Eretzol. Like I said, I, I don't think that there's something like that today. I think what we're doing in Chutzah is, is also being done in Eretzol and, and in many ways being done better, in many ways being done differently, but I think we can definitely join forces today and go back to Eretzol as far as this is concerned. So that's it. What we're going to see in the next discussion, we're going to see is um, that there was actually some opposition to people returning, meaning like we see on that Gemara, Shlokesh said to Rabbi Bachana, he didn't want to give him his hand. Now, Rabbi Bachana was coming to Israel. So that Gemara, and we'll show other places, demonstrate that people who didn't come at the right time, the Babliim, were not welcome to come again. And that's something very important that teaches us this idea, which we're going to explore. Perhaps teaches us like a new idea about 
Some people actually don't belong in Eretz Yisrael. That's what we're going to get to next time, and that's all for now.